Yo, what was it like being black in, in Vegas growing up? It's a great question. Um, because like, everyone knows everyone in black in Vegas. Is that true? Or is it just like close knit community? Um, the, the black community in Vegas is very close knit. I would actually say, and me and one of my best friends, we grew up together in Las Vegas. We both live in New York. He's lived in Atlanta. I've lived in LA. And we talk about how the black culture in Vegas is a lot more tight knit than a lot of cultures we see in other major cities. Mm. Um, being black growing up in Vegas, it's, um, you have a lot, the culture of it is very rich. It's uh, very much like a community. You have all the things that you would, you know, typically expect or see it in, in a black community, right? right. Like, you have the neighborhoods. If you grow through Vegas, you have the West Side. You have Northtown that are literally like predominantly predominantly black neighborhoods. You have a lot of your low income neighborhoods. You know your boarded houses. That whole hood vibe to it. It also has black people who you know work. They work for the city. Work, right. They do their thing. You have the different class scope of black people in Vegas. Um, the the population too like high school my high school felt like i went to an hbcu that's part of why i didn't go to one and a lot of my friends went to howard hampton you know places like that because they were so used to the culture it was uh drill teams and step teams and the drum line and everything the big basketball games that you bought outfits for like going to the mall the, the rivalries between my school mojave high school anybody who knows vegas mojave and cheyenne was like you know the big battle and then you had all the other stuff to it too you had the drugs you had in vegas you had uh like pimping and all that kind of stuff was big the gangs and the cliques was big but it was a huge culture of just fun and uh celebrating culture music dance like, the, like i said the step teams the step show was huge right. late night hoops was huge at doolittle um the community leagues andre agassi it was just a huge thriving young community of black people that was very uh close-knit like a community but it was very big there's a lot of us Growing up, the barbershops, the churches, the, you know, the, the stop and shop, the kicking spots, like everything you would have as a black community, we had it in Vegas. Talk to me about, um, I guess the one thing people understand, like the community that you may have acquired that has helped maybe amplify and more importantly, streamline some of your creative energy into your field. In New York. I feel in New York City. Yeah. Um, so you ask them more so like what communities? I mean, I mean I know when I came to New York, and um, I guess, you know, when you, you know, I linked up with you immediately when I came in here, like some of the inroads and partnerships may have maybe manifested as you were here. Um, for me, New York as a creative has been fueled by two pathways in terms of community. Number one is following in kind of the footsteps, I guess, of a lot of the writers and storytellers some from Harlem that I that I looked up to, like the James so from Marcy, stuff, right? so from like, Marcy too, from Marcy, James Baldwin, like people who were very much nomadic and kind of bohemian. Like I'm a big walker. I like to mm -hmm. walk the streets. I like to explore. I like to have, you know, just impromptu conversations. I like to, you know, find, discover different parts of the city, different shops, places to pull up. I like. I just have a very adventurous always exploring always learning my, matter of fact my hoodie right now says never stop exploring it's like just a mentality of 
you know, the genius isn't brilliant until realizing you're never done learning. So you're always tapped in. Eternal curiosity. Exactly. So I feed that a lot. And I, I grew up, uh, not grew up, but when I was taught a lot of literature and things like that, a lot of the writers like the Emersons and all of them, they went on these crazy conquests, you know, in the woods, mm -hmm. and the, you know, yeah. and it's it, it just is incredible. So New York as a city, I've always loved it because it gives you so much energy. There's so much natural energy in the city. Right. From the buildings to the boroughs to everything, yeah, it can be, and I always it can be overwhelming at time too if you don't know how to channel it too or if use you it. You don't know, yeah, or embrace it. Like exactly. you don't know how to actually be a sponge to it, it can cripple you. I think that's the part of New York that cripples people. Like the 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 weight, the energy of it can kind of feel I like agree. it's weighing down on you. But if you can harness that, it's the greatest inspiration, creative energy, natural wave you can get. Other cities won't give you a wave like New York gives you. It will not be a wave um, like New York energy. And then in terms of people and communities, I first moved here in 2010, um, 2009, 2010, and threw myself all the way into the different subcultures of the city. So the art galleries, the music shows, like the just the creatives, that whole tastemaker vibe of everywhere. Right. I threw myself in it, so I was able to make a lot of uh, relationships early on with other creatives and people who developed over time and, and became, you know, uh, they came into themselves as right. creatives and stuff as I did, so I consider those people I came up with in New York. And then getting here the second time, moving here three years ago, it was like, Travis and Natalia, Driven Society, was Driven like, society. okay, boom, y'all got the community, I have the conversations and the elements and the people and things, so we linked up, and I was able to really tap into that community. Uh, Imani with the Creative Collective NYC, seeing that from the beginning when she was building and saying, y'all want to be tapped into that, like, we got connected, she does amazing stuff, uh, Bianca and Netta with uh, Mem Connect, Minorities and Media Connect. They have a similar type of community and energy. Very, very similar energy yeah. too to all yeah. the people you've said. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then meeting people, connecting with people, working with a lot of different people in the city, in the different boroughs, Brooklyn, Harlem, Queens, you know, the Bronx, and like I said, exploring in all those different places um, has really all of it has fueled me like the hookah spots I go to in the East Village, the Kaaba Bar where I talk about astrology. And, right. All these different things, and there's people there that specifically sharpen me and add to me. I feel like New York just has that kind of dynamic. Is there was there a moment on your creative journey where there was a story or a moment that was so impactful that solidified your pathway of being a quote unquote black creative? Man, there's so many. Wow. Um, there were two two in particular that that stand out to me. Two and a, I'll say two and a half, but. The first one was getting out of college after having internships at the record label, internships with Debbie Allen, you know, working for free, tirelessly, tirelessly slaving away just to like establish myself and prove to myself that this hustle, this drive, this passion was going to yield something and paying those dues and throwing all the concerts you know, at the college, being the event director, still going to school full time, being in the city, whatever, whatever, to explore all these different things, writing and all of that, to get out of school and say, I want to go to New York and be an editor. Um, when I moved to New York, the short and the long of it is I moved, 
I got a job at Bloomingdale's. I worked at All Saints, Bloomingdale's 59th Street. All Saints had just came to the States. It was their first store. So I was working there all day. Um, and as I mentioned to you earlier, I would run the streets in New York all night. And I would write about all the stuff I was seeing. I made a deal with the guy. I said, yo, if you let me take over your website, your blog, I'll be a marketing intern for free because I'd already been doing that. So he made a deal with me to do it. And I took it into my own hands and was writing so many stories all night on my little ThinkPad. And that proved to me that I could really do it, like in terms of journalism, storytelling, media. I had written articles and stuff before, but taking that on, like moving to New York to say, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to make this mine and I'm going to give it this. And it had its own voice and feel and look and people gravitated towards it. I was like, okay, I could do this. Because there were people telling me, oh, you have to work this many years to be an editor. You have to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, to, to do this, you're crazy. So to do that, but then the story of it is, I got offered a job to go back to L.A. And I felt like I took it in stride. Like, yo, I've been building all this up. I'm about to go take this fly job. I moved to L.A. Within a short span of time, that company basically tanked. It was a, it was a huge like company in terms of they were doing really successful at the top of their industry, working on big events, big projects. And I'm coming fresh in as a young dude, feeling high off life, all this momentum. I'm back in L.A. Like, let's do it. I'm ready to work. And ended up not getting paid for a really long time. And in that period, I hit a very low breaking point. No money, like couldn't keep my phone on, sleeping on the floor of my apartment. You know what I'm saying? Like, no money for the bus, no money, you know, like that whole thing and hitting a point where it was like, I had to make a choice that I was never going to quit, no matter how hard it got. And it was very confusing and hard and dark to be like, yo, I worked too hard. Like, I've already struggled enough to be back here, like to be back in this moment, knowing how smart and how capable and how brilliant I am. Why am I so fucking broke? Why am I in such a dark place? Why do I feel like I keep hitting these walls that like I can't control that are just stopping me from being great. Why do I keep getting stopped? You know what I'm saying? From being great. And in that moment, it was like, you have to commit that you're not going to quit no matter how hard it gets. And then from this road forward, you'll get everything that you wanted. And literally from making that commitment every single day, even till now was a step towards, okay, I have a vision. I need to master my craft. I need to, I need to master the game. I need to, like stop looking at it so much and literally just put my head down and just chop it down brick brick and that led to that mentality and that shift led to working at the first advertising agency coming out of that to doing all the campaigns to then having that experience leading the launch and revolt with puff and then from having that experience like that rock bottom moment literally was the spark that took my whole career to a whole nother level. And then the fast forward that being in advertising when I first got the email about uh, Puff getting the network revolt, that and, and reaching out to me like, yo, I don't want an older TV exec doing this. And he's, and he's putting all the onus on me. This is somebody who I grew up inspired by. I used to watch his videos about not sleeping while I was in college and I would pull all-nighters. And he's sitting with me one-on-one telling me, this is the biggest thing I've worked on. This is my baby. Like, and I'm putting it in your hands. You, you know, I need to know how you work. I need to know what you do. I need to know you're the best in the world.